Our senses have discovered this uncharted M-class planet in the Herogen system. We should check it out. M-class? Ugh. Not for my crew. We all deserve A-class planets. Actually, M-class planets are suitable for life. Readings suggest this one is rich in some kind of psyllium-like vegetation with elevated Thoron emissions, though no sentient life forms. It's protocol for Federation ships to explore new worlds and document their findings. And since you are cadets... I'm your host, Adam Bowen, and with me, looking at an endless vista filled with chickens happily free-ranging, are... Uh, well, this is Emily Bowen Marler, and I'm actually looking at a vista upon which I'm going to embark on a long bike ride. I think it must be Prince Edward Island, and I'm going to have a bottle of raspberry cordial in my backpack for when I just need to stop for some refreshment. And this is Rudy Baker and... And um, I'll just stick with somehow me collecting enough money to. Um, well, wait, oh, doesn't quite didn't start out quite altruistic, right? But <laughs> me, 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 me collecting enough money to book a ticket to go to orbit and look at our beautiful planet from. Oh, up there. okay, okay, okay. okay. There, there we go. You see what I did? Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, it's just a site that I wish I can I can I can partake in uh, before I make my peace with this world. All right, um, this is uh, strange new takes, um, and beyond our our imagination, we are also going to recap the fourth episode of Star Trek: Prodigy Dreamcatcher, which is also an interesting mo- movie. I think 10, 20 years ago with Morgan Freeman that did really badly, but I somehow liked a weird sci-fi alien movie. Y'all have heard about it, but not, no, I, not talking about that today. I don't today. think I've caught that one, so <laughs> yeah, I'll have to look either. it up. Uh, it, it has that Homeland guy in it, too. I, I forget his name, the the lead protagonist. But yeah. Oh, have, oh. yeah, I haven't seen that either. But uh, yeah, so uh, make sure to follow us on Strange New Take. All right, follow us. Bleh. Make sure to follow us on social media at Strange New Takes. That's uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, make sure to tell your friends about the pod and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And as always, if you haven't watched this episode of Star Trek Prodigy, you might want to watch it before you listen to us because we're totally going to spoil it. And heck, we may inadvertently spoil future episodes when we you know, talk about what we think might happen next since this episode was a bit of a cliffhanger. And yeah. I guarantee we will talk about episodes in the past of all various forms of Star Trek. So just be ready for spoilers. Future spoiler. That sounds fascinating. Is there a word for that? Pre-spoil. Like, like pre-cog. From, from... Yeah, well, I, I felt that way sometimes. Like when I've listened to uh, podcasts that are talking about what they think might happen, mm-hmm. like some of the stuff on Discovery, I hadn't thought about those things. And then yeah. when people talked about it, I was like, oh, could that really be what it is? And then it was what it was. And I felt a little bit spoiled, even though they weren't <laughs> meaning to spoil me. They yeah. were just, you know, making conjectures. But I, mm. I, I feel like some of that is like the structure of of how Discovery has been written is I, I feel like so much of that show is sort of like, oh, this obvious thing is going to happen, but we're going to keep tricking you to think that you haven't discovered the thing or like Spock's not yeah. actually here. He's in a shuttle and has gone to a slightly different place uh, and whatnot. But <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we're we're talking about the episode Dreamcatcher. It is the fourth episode of uh, Prodigy, which is still confusing because of that first two-parter. But uh, it first aired on the 11th of November, 2021. Uh, and yeah, so it's written by Lisa Schultz-Boyd, uh, directed by Steve In Chong-An and uh, Sung Shin. I am very sorry about mispronouncing names as usual. Uh, the in- universe date is unknown. 
uh, we even got a, a captain's log and he didn't know it either. Um, <laughs> so yeah. He doesn't uh, know what species he is. So there's a whole lot. Yeah. He know. He's, he's not, uh, knowledgeable about many things in general. So, uh, how about we go into our strange new takes? Well, you know, I traveled on an airplane for the first time since the start of the pandemic this past week, and I'd heard some potential horror stories about traveling on airplanes and customers, flight, uh, what do you call it? Passengers, passengers having to be escorted off of airplanes because of refusal to uh, follow CDC guidelines. But I am happy to say... There was none of that. Every single one of my flights backed away from the gate at exactly the time it was supposed to back away from the gate. I got in early with every single flight. It was pretty nice. So I just, you know, shout out to things going a lot smoother than I had worried they would be. And so, you know, be safe. But you can fly safely, which is nice. So anyway, that's that's rare even for uh pre-covid times i feel like I know, all the time i know i know seriously <laughs> i mean i had four different flights and for every single one of them to be on time is pretty amazing on time slash early is pretty amazing oh. um my strange new take for the episode is i feel like maybe dal is starting to learn i feel maybe a little bit at the beginning of the episode i was like dude dude oh my gosh put someone besides yourself first but i by the end of the episode, I felt like, okay, maybe we're seeing some growth. So yeah, this we're, is we're, we're getting a little bit of a hint in there. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I, I can see where you're coming from. Uh, for for my strange new take, uh, let's see. I, I think you should find yourself a vet that actually knows how to treat the species of animal that you have to bring to the vet. Uh, most of my experience, when you, you bring a, a chicken to the vet, uh, the, the vet has to come out and tell you that, I'm I'm sorry your dog is very sick. Um and I have to point out that the dog is a chicken and uh <laughs> so th- th- this time I, I managed to bring my chicken to a vet that has a rooster as uh part of the logo of of the vet and it was amazing. Uh she was able to uh she's actually seen Dragonette before was uh, part of the the team that uh evaluated them as they came from the the egg factory. So uh was uh, a, a bit of a reunion and uh, the lady is uh, well on her way to uh, mending. So yeah, vets that are qualified for your thing are good. Um, so <laughs> your thing. <laughs> your um, creature. Your creature. <laughs> That's uh, a better way to put it. <laughs> it works always in all interpretations. Though. Yeah, I, I, I have to use words like thing and whatnot because the the actual way that I talk to my chickens is uh, probably a little bit too embarrassing to include oh. on the podcast. Uh, so um, for the episode itself, uh, I, I, I got to say, the, the, this episode is just like still filled with lots of beautiful imagery and whatnot. But those like weird arch things, they, they kind of bother me a bit. I don't, I don't feel like that makes any sense. Like the this sort of these little ar- these stone archways that kind of look like, I don't know, like there's some sort of big creature, but then there's water pouring out of it. I'm I'm a little bit weirded out by that. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a, a a little too um, Avatar for me, but uh, uh... we'll we'll see. It it was still pretty. That's what came to mind for me as well. Maybe we'll talk about it um, uh, sometime in the podcast. Uh, my strange new take. Um, so after, I don't know, two or three episodes spanning maybe even a month, uh, my main man, uh, Indian origin NASA astronaut dude, Raja Chari, finally made it to space. Uh, this this Wednesday. Yay! Nice! Um, so they have like this whole intro or whatever welcome ceremony which is broadcast on NASA TV and there's like a person who who sort of talks to them from Houston um and she almost said like we were so happy to rescue you from your crew quarters and put you on a on a rocket and send you off because apparently so they come in like maybe two or three days before the actual flight but these guys mm-hmm. like because they were delayed two three times they've been stuck at at Cape Canaveral in their crew quarters for like a couple of weeks and oh no so um yeah there he's he's finally uh, up there and and yeah going back to my uh, imagined dream or what, what you may call it um 
hopefully I can book that ticket uh, someday. Um, in relation to this episode, I I liked I liked how they introduced the planet and actually was a little excited with you know the arches, which also reminded me of Avatar and and you know the the scene of the the ship sort of cutting through a, a misty atmosphere with like a ring structure behind it and a moon or two, and mm-hmm. you could see the tropical uh, jungles below you. you. That kind of a look is is there in like a lot of uh, marquee sci-fi um, films. Like I think it's in in an alien um, alien series film as well. I think Prometheus or something like that. Um, but then when they landed, it suddenly became very like brown and, and green. Um, um, and yeah. so I got a little confused there, but, um, I, I liked the fact that they landed, um, and, uh, got like kind of a ship crash as well. So, um, kind of, um, Adam for you. Yeah. I, I, I will say I'm a, I'm a little bit sad that we didn't get a blue alert. Like, I mean, maybe oh, it's just, yeah. it's not a, not a big deal for ships to, to land anymore, but feel like uh, voyager made a pretty d- big deal about it being like oh it's, this is blue yeah, alert. Sure. see how different voyager is we're so different from <laughs> tng this isn't uh your daddy with Star the moving Trek, the cells yeah, and it can yeah. land on the planet without crashing and, but yeah. by the time by the time the protostar is doing it it's like no there's there's no reason for an alert this this ship can just do it so uh yeah i uh it's 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 weird I, i'm i'm like sad that they didn't list a call out to another episode of star trek which is something that i've been frustrated with uh uh lower ducks a little bit um i i guess before we get in I, i'll just uh the episode summary which i copy and pasted from memory alpha thank you memory alpha um and as of right now there's really not that much information on the memory alpha page it just <laughs> says uh uh act one and then it uh doesn't have anything in it <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but the someone just did, couldn't be bothered. Yeah, so they they do have the episode summary. So the crew has their first away mission on an undiscovered planet that manifests their deepest desires, only to realize the planet has desires of its own. Uh, mm. So it seems uh, very uh, 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 ominous, which fits fits well with what the episode does. Um, I guess I. Uh, we, so I, it, we can get into the the, the plot structure of, of this one a bit. I, I I have recently remembered that that's a thing that we used to talk about. So I I think that this one has kind of a uh, an A and if I'm going to identify an A and B, I think I would probably go with that plot. The A plot is uh, sort of exploring the planet, and oh no, the planet is eating me. Uh, my choice for the B plot is uh, Gwyn's escape and attempt to bring the sh- the ship back to the Diviner. Um, so yeah, how did how did people feel about the just sort of the the opening sequence in this episode? Because we we get to see a little bit of what Janeway's been doing with the crew. Yeah, um, I'm I'm really happy and glad um, that there was some education that that happened between <laughs> episodes. Um, uh, through the episode, I then retrospected. Maybe there could have been more education, um, <laughs> but but um, you, you definitely need to train that crew after they sort of, uh, yeah, went in different ways uh, in the first uh, uh, in their first outing with that uh, near uh, near encounter with the binary star system. Um, I liked I liked the call out um, on on. M class versus A class. Uh, I found that was, <laughs> yeah. I found that was funny. And there's these little tidbits that um, will hopefully endear people who've already been watching Star Trek and make them smile, and then also get people who don't know Star Trek to you know get them up to speed with the universe, the the language, the jargon, and all of that. So, can I ask a dumb question? Maybe it's a dumb question. Is the M class like the classes that they use in Star Trek? Is that a Star Trek specific thing? Yeah, is it... in in Enterprise. Well, I I don't know what. It, I feel is like it... they probably just chose a name or chose a letter because it sounded mm-hmm. cool in sci-fi. But it's Isn't Minshara it... class yeah. in uh, Enterprise because that that's like what the Vulcans oh, used yeah. to call them. So I think it's just M class because they didn't want to say Minshara every time. But oh, okay, okay, that makes yeah. sense. Okay, I just I just started wondering like, oh, is that something that Star Trek borrowed from reality or did they just invent that for the purpose of the show? Yeah, it it it. it it is. I do not believe has any grounding in in reality. Um, mm-hmm. That's a good question. Um, I'm trying to think back with all the you know uh, exoplanet discoveries and whether there's 
alphabetical classes i don't think so i think stars stars have classes right so there's yeah there's like g main type sequence and, yeah. yeah yeah stuff like that so but then I mean, again I you just oh go ahead no i was just gonna say there's 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 also the demon class or whatever x class y class planet so it's mm-hmm. like oh yeah it, it, it i don't know like is there an alphabetical sequence to it and M kind of fits in between well, like Goldilocks of, zone or Yeah, I, I say yeah. and they tell at that you know that could be cuz they have L class planets. Yeah. They've had yeah, those on Star I, Trek I, before. I think and, that you're you're right it probably is supposed to like it started out as just a maybe it was middle of the road. Uh yeah. but then uh Enterprise was like no it's Minshara and then <laughs> uh it's just yeah. So I I I it's it's definitely a, a bit of like a, a messy like no one actually was paying attention to <laughs> what they were calling these things until we gave it a like a true origin and enterprise i think m is the 13th alphabet so it may be smack in the middle yeah mm-hmm. so yeah maybe so that's that maybe it fits yeah, with the goldilocks then, yeah. zone kind of yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so i i, I cool. like it for it for that aspect um i I th- yeah I th- I think that um so far the way that we've been classifying our our exoplanets have been by just like saying the type of planet like an, an analog that we have in our um own system so like we will say like that they're they're earth earth like or that they're like a a super hot uh venus type thing or um uh I think I've heard things that are related to uh like Jovian and Jupiter and whatnot but mm. yeah I it's probably um well if the james webb state space telescope actually goes up uh we should actually be able to get some uh better details on exoplanets it just i think that's still delayed into the future but yeah it's been a long time coming yeah it really i I think it was supposed (laughs) to launch like two years ago but it uh has repeatedly not um yeah i i I think that i i liked the uh, we we ha- we got to see sort of yeah that montage of Janeway sort of talking the crew through different things or like teaching them different things. I feel like we're seeing a little bit uh, sterner Janeway uh, as well this episode where um, so she's already said things like that she can't affect what the crew does or she can't like take charge of the ship herself, but we do know that she has like maybe the ability to lock you out of systems. Uh, she she is clearly very opinionated on what the crew sh- crew should do and seems to be able to like call home and uh, complain yeah. if if you're doing a doing a bad thing. So uh, I is guess she like, really or is she just saying that yeah. because she knows that's a way to I don't know yeah, I don't check. Know. Which 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 kind of leads me back to our conversation from last last uh, week uh, last podcast where it's like she knows these are not cadets and she's yeah. she's yeah. play she's not playing with them but she knows uh how to keep them in check right um, yeah i i, I think it, that's oh. that's definitely true well i think she's definitely trying i mean she's trying i think she's trying to mold them into what you are called to be as a Starfleet officer, you know, yeah. like being the best that you can be. Like when, when they go out to the planet um, and she says, look out for each other, you know, like, and you could tell she says it a little bit wistfully knowing that they're just yeah. going to barrel out there and do their own thing. But, um, <laughs> but it's kind of like a mom, like, remember to keep an eye on your little sister or whatever, you know, like it's that kind of a, like, don't get too far afield. Make yeah, sure you're, yeah, t- yeah. you're touching base with one another. And, um, so that's that. I thought that was an interesting aspect to her as well. I didn't think they would barrel out so quickly. I was a little disappointed, but uh, we'll get well, to that when we get Rock to that. Talk. I just have to say, did Rock Talk break your hearts again? Because oh. yeah, like she was like, "Oh, I thought we were gonna go on an adventure together." <laughs> it's just like poor yeah. Rock Talk. And yeah. you know, I just I know we're jumping ahead here when I say this, but I'm just gonna stick with Rock Talk for a second. Um she a mat like what the planet gives her is like little creatures that just love her and want to snuggle with her and you know because like yeah. when they finally snap her out of it she goes where'd they go i thought you know i thought they liked me i was like oh rock talk doesn't everyone love you oh why do you feel like this yeah she she <laughs> anyway. just wanted some furbies and yeah. <laughs> uh yeah i um i i, I guess the 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 Janeway call out makes me wonder if um, we're going to get 
like d- d- could so if, if if it's actually true and she can contact starfleet does starfleet already know about the the protostar and like it's like its current status that it's been found again and it is active or is this a um yeah is it just a threat that she uh can bring up if we start deviating from like the true path and that's the that's the mystery here right that's the interesting path path and and if you all notice she very quickly says i don't know about a diviner which means she's clearly stating yeah um, that she has no knowledge of the diviner not nor does she want to find out um, what is what is potentially uh, worrying her crew right as <clears throat> as a hologram as a, a ship computer hologram would probably want to find out right like or maybe cross reference their feedback or their portrayal of who's trying to chase the ship with her information so i'm i'm yeah. not so sure i'm i'm wondering if there's again like ever since emily brought that up last podcast i'm i'm wondering if there's some history there between the diviner and hologram janeway that um she's just trying to prep this crew uh, to become able enough to you know um, oh yeah be ready it, for it, a showdown and, like, and she knows like it's knows coming that, yeah that's that's interesting i i hadn't thought about that cuz it I I guess I've been kind of going back and forth as to whether I'm feeling like, because because we saw some things like Janeway was at was acting a lot more human in this episode in the sense that uh, was like being stern with them and also had like sort of motherly advice, but that we also had a lot of reminders of like uh, she can just be rewritten kind of and oh my, and yeah, that, that like was... maybe like I I guess I'm wonder like I'm not certain that. Uh, hologram Janeway is sentient in the way that the doctor was mm. um, like there I, but I, I I don't know I, it, it'll I'll, we'll have to see in in future episodes but it seems like uh, both her lack of knowledge and also some of there there's some things that she seems unconcerned about that make me wonder like she doesn't feel like there's like a self-preservation that she needs to be thinking about on her own I don't know mm. there I had a brief moment where I wondered if maybe she wasn't actually rewritten to do what Gwen wanted, but that was Gwen's perception because of the planet. But I don't know oh. if Gwen was totally oh. protected from the effects of the planet until she steps outside of the ship or if just the ship being on the planet would have an effect. Cause I just, so I don't know. But then again, they do establish that Gwen does know a lot about the protostar. I mean, she's able to go in and start, you know, so maybe she really could, but I just, for a brief yeah, second, that's... I was like, I wonder, if that could be either not not Janeway tricking her but um like I, th- I thought of two options either Janeway making her think that she had control in a way that she didn't actually or if the planet was somehow tricking her um I don't know yeah so the sequence the sequence I'm not sure if the sequence supports this but at some point right towards the end as she's trying to escape um, and the ship is failing and we're getting all these reports of things not working out. One of the reports, or Janeway is calling out, I wonder, is calling out that the spores are in the ventilation system, right? So it's like... Yeah, in the, the, it, they're in the ventral superstructure, which I, oh, I don't know okay. that, it, that it's the ventilation, but yeah, it, it, it is definitely like infiltrated in the, ship. the ship. Yeah, it's in the ship. So um, I don't know if, if, but maybe that was after, um, you know, Janeway being rewritten, so... What's the planet in the original series that has the spores that um where they all makes Spock become... want to stay? Remember? Yeah. Um, Happy Spock, the... Farmer yeah, Spock. It's, yeah, it, Farmer it, it's, Spock. It has a sequel in uh in the animated series. Um, oh, Par- Paradise. Oh, Paradise yeah. Lost, Paradise Found. Look, Some, something something like that. Uh, I th- this I think... side of Paradise, maybe. Yeah. I, 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 I think up. that there's some sort of call out uh, like that that's specifically referencing Interesting. that. But this is in the Hirogen sector, um, which is very far away from anything Alpha Quadrant and hopefully TOS. Or oh, yeah. Which I, I guess I, I'm also I'm a little bit uh, I'm a little bit weirded out by the, by the, the call out that this is the Hirogen system. Um, so like the, the thing that we know about the Hirogen so far, um, from Voyager is like, they're, they're this nomadic group of, uh, hunters that have, uh, I believe as, as of, as far as we know, they don't have a home system, uh, that they're, that they're, that they're from, at least that they're, we're aware of. 
Um, so I guess I'm, I'm wondering, like, is it just like a rando reference? Kind of like how Star Trek sometimes like names planets because like, oh, there was an episode that had a planet name, named that like the um, like. So how what good of like what big uh, Voyager fans are the creators of this series? <laughs> because they don't have blue alert and they use the Herogen system, but they don't and, recognize that the Herogen don't have planets. Well, but, but, but also but also just like uh, <laughs> if, if we have found the Herogen's wor- uh, homeworld. I feel like Jane Wu would be like, no, 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 we're not saying children here. <laughs> so I, I had like part part of this this episode. I like I expected something sinister to be happening because I'm like, I mean, you're like, is this show gonna get into that there are hunters who are gonna want to kill and eat these children? <laughs> well, at least at least hunt them for sport and maybe yeah. there's so so when that happened. Uh, thank you for reminding. When that happened, and then they were getting into the planet, and it was green and tropical and. Mm-hmm. I was like, this this has got such a predator feel to it, right? Like you're going into a <laughs> tropical situation and there's like these, there's probably these teen hunters, right? Or a bunch of hunters who have been separated from their mm. uh, parent Herogen party and, and they're kind of renegade going crazy themselves. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think system, sector, I guess the Herogen were very particular about um, their area of space and they had assets, right? Like they had that at that array that was it was it was it being used in message in a bottle where these guys took uh, it over yeah, th- yeah they have they have a huge uh network of subspace relays that they can uh, communicate with with each other because I, I i think yeah it's since they're nomadic they're um spread they out have a super far spread uh for their i guess they're, they're not an empire just a the herogen people but um yeah it's uh i i, I guess uh i i've I know there's also themes about how uh, like the Herogen were hunting them their like themselves to extinction and that mm. they they just like weren't going in a, a good direction. Um and I, I guess I'm it, it doesn't seem too far off that like maybe they would have done something to their own planet that made it inhospitable. Uh mm. so I, I guess I could see this being a callback to like this is where they're from, like they, and they turn their planet into like a trap for people. Um but I guess we'll maybe we'll find out in the next episode, or we'll we'll just get confirmation that they just used the name Herogen and didn't worry about it. I hope not. <laughs> that would be really silly. I hope they don't do yeah, that. Yeah, I, I like your teen Herogen idea. I, I think that that would be an interesting um, sort of like uh, friendship rivalry po- possibility and and learning point for our crew and them. Remember, like that teen Kazon or Kazon trying to come of yeah. age and he captures Chicote. Yeah. yeah, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I could see that. Um, let's see. I, I, I guess we're, we're, we're jumping a little bit all, all over the place. So I'll, I'll take, take us a little bit back. Um, so, uh, we, I guess we get our, our first, uh, look at, uh, uh, the Argo, I mean the, uh, the runaway, uh, <laughs> uh in the, uh, the, I, I think it's, it, it's like the vehicle replicator area, uh, cause mm. it, it has like the, the arms po- poised above it. So I, I, I bet that this thing didn't exist before they landed, um, but I feel like calling that the car wash arms, but they're replicating instead of washing <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, they they got a little bit of that look too. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I I I thought it was cool to have a. Um, I guess I I was I was there with with Rock Talk where I th- I thought we were going to get to see them like go out and and do stuff together. Uh, so yeah, I I um, so. I guess we can go into what what each each. So we talked a little bit about uh, Rock Talks Furbies. Um, mm-hmm. So something that I'm curious about is Dal is uh, he, he's he's out watching sort of a vista, and and he is not paying attention to his communicator. And I'm wondering, like, do, do we feel like that? Like, has he already been like sort of captured by the planet, or is he just a bad captain? Like, is that, or is it just him being irresponsible? Yeah, captain in, in training, right? Or captain in learning. Yeah, yeah. but I, I, I guess it, it's a, um, like, is that Dal's fault? Or is is Dal already um, being influenced by the planet? I, I would say Dal's fault, because if he was, a, forget captain, if he was a decent away mission commander or leader, he wouldn't let the group split, right? That had nothing to do with... Um, yeah. I don't think the planet influenced that split. So 
I mean, and he just got on the on the Argo. I mean, fled. the runaway, and just like you know, took off without yeah. giving anyone else a thought. He's like, "Woohoo! This is fun!" You know, so he's pretty much all about himself, I think. Yeah. Until I mean, and, but you know, you got to give it to him when things got dangerous. The first thing he yeah. thought of was making sure everyone was was safe and back on this ship, you know? And, so, and even to the point of uh, sort of redirecting them to take care of the, the shuttle that crashed at the end yeah. uh, instead of going to the ship to, like, help them them escape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so yeah. do you guys think there's, um, you know, references to selfishness, eccentricity, um, uh, uh, um, a tendency to fight authority, but a sense of uh internal uh togetherness and maybe some some talents that are not easy to find i'm trying to paraphrase the new age kirk are you seeing yeah. that here I, um, I i i have been thinking about that a bit i i think that there's a um oh like 2009 kirk yeah, yeah I, I i think there is kind of a, a kirk kirk vibe that they're probably going with for for dell and it's maybe yeah the difference is that we're seeing a kirk but like very very early so like right after he stole his dad's car or his uh, <laughs> uncle's car and threw it off the the cliff um and sort of so, following him from there making lots of bad decisions so basically purple chris pine huh yeah the uh the the only genius level repeat offender in uh in Iowa or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I can see them trying to build that up, which I, I guess I, I'm, uh, I'm sure that like season two Dal, I will feel very differently about than season one Dal, but it, it's, uh, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm currently having a little bit of trouble getting like strung along, uh, for the ride with, uh, Did how, you know how frustrating is. This show's like 20 episodes long. No. I, I actually just read that this morning that it's it has know, a second just... half of the first season that's going to come out. So we're gonna, I think we're gonna see the these first ten episodes, and then uh, later next year we're gonna have the second half of the first season. Oh, okay, okay. So they're not doing all twenty in a row. Yeah. So I guess I we, like, we should we should expect. Earth a... Are we gonna ha- are we gonna be doing two shows for twenty weeks? <laughs> two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. de- dear. Uh, uh, Dear Star Trek people Paramount currently Trek making here. them. Yeah, dear Paramount Plus, uh, be kind to your podcasters. And yeah, exactly. The podcasters don't cannot Don't make keep us up. record two episodes. Year-round Star Trek <laughs> is phenomenal, but like yeah. multiple yeah. <laughs> series at just, once. Just wanted to t- I mean, we'll see how it goes when we start watching uh, this and Discovery. Discovery for a bit. Maybe we'll love it and it'll be amazing, but I, I think it'll it'll start to be a little bit much to do it yeah, twice. So- I don't know if you guys mentioned that. So there's five episodes a hiatus for Discovery, and then five episodes a hiatus for Picard season two, and that's how they're breaking it up. I think. Um, just look oh, at the really? Mem- yeah. So they're, the they're doing it alpha. for the other series too. Well, no. So it's like if you look at the episode list for Prodigy, it says five. So we're through, four, we're through four, right, or whatever. Uh-huh. One in pilot and two, so three, and then episode five, and then it says hiatus for. Discovery season four, and then it shows episode six through ten, and then it says hiatus for Picard season two. So they're breaking it up. Oh, so we're that, not going to have them concurrent. I think so. That's what it says. Um, maybe worth uh, digging that's into some more. But that's what it says on Memory Alpha. Well, on um, on IMDb, it has uh, episode one for Discovery premiering November eighteenth. Wow, that's really soon. Yeah. Um, and and an episode eleven on January twenty seventh. So that says there's eleven mm. as fewer so, episodes than they had previously too. Hmm. So hmm. we'll we'll find out at, at at some point. We we will we'll turn on Paramount Plus, and either we will have two episodes to watch, or we will have <laughs> a single episode to watch. Uh. Yeah. So okay. That's that's interesting. So the eighteenth. Well, but so oh, okay. if, if the eighteenth for Discovery, yeah. I wonder if we'll have well we have two episodes on that on the eighteenth, which I guess is next week. Mm-hmm. Looks like just just that date, maybe. Okay, I, I'm wow. I'm more okay with us do, with us doing two episodes for as like a special uh, Thanksgiving, yeah, <laughs> pre Thanksgiving kind of thing. But uh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, hmm. Well, th- this is this certainly is a strange new world of <laughs> Star Trek that we're getting into. Of intertwined Star Trek. Yeah. Um, 
I I guess uh, maybe the my the thing that first showed me that I should have been uh, mistrustful of this planet is that uh, we had Jenkin Pog put on that emergency <laughs> or that that environmental soup suit but he was able to smell things through that suit which i was wondering about no that sense. too i know i was like why is he smelling this stuff he yeah. does like his gun his gaseous anomalies though and he likes to emit <laughs> gaseous anomalies as well so. yeah yeah so it, it, it fit very very well into the uh i guess the episode <laughs> apparently tellarites like smelly things i don't know i don't know if it's a tellarite thing or if that's just a jank and pog thing but. yeah I, I i don't know um so yeah, I I guess we're 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 getting getting up in there. Maybe this makes sense for us to uh give a little bit of a break here and uh join us after some amount of uh uh audio cues from the from the episode and uh yeah, we'll see you soon. But 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 it tasted so real! The spores we came into contact with clouded our minds and senses. Hold on! Whoa, whoa, whoa! Why was Jankum rescued last? Welcome back, y'all. Uh, it's strangest new takes, and we're gonna uh, keep going Strange-ish. with this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I need to work takes. on my transitions there, but uh, yeah. So let's see. So we we kind of went into the the, the a plot a, a little bit here, and um, I th- I think that uh, uh, maybe it's worth us bringing up sort of. Uh, what I I feel like is the the B plot is uh, Gwyn's escape and attempts to bring the ship back uh, to the Diviner. Uh, how did how did people uh, feel about her sort of ex- escape attempt and like how she got out? I mean that's uh, two for two in two episodes. Uh, they got to do something about that, right? Like major yeah. security breaches all the time. <laughs> I was also kind of like, oh my gosh, she really just called him like. Right off the bat, she's like, "Hey, I got your ship for you." I because I yeah. I felt like she seemed conflicted yeah. on mm-hmm. when she was on the I can't remember the name of the prison, but Tars it really Lamar. felt like she was conflicted about some of the ways that he would have uh, dreadnought interrogate prisoners, or yeah. you know, like she didn't quite think that things were being done on the up and up, and then she had Rock Talk kind of confirm, like you know. He's not a good guy. Like, we're not criminals. We were just taken. And so the fact that she just kind of threw all that aside and called him right up, I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, that, that was interesting. I mean, I I guess maybe from her perspective, it's just she's been in the brig for the entire time, except for, like, she had a that brief escape attempt. Uh, but, like, she hasn't been included on any of the, uh, like, the training stuff with Janeway. It seems like Janeway straight up doesn't trust her and thinks that she is, like, bad in some way. Um, I, I was kind of surprised with how resist, uh, um, resistant uh, uh, Janeway was with, uh, with Gwyn when Gwyn sort of, like, came onto the bridge uh, and, oh. like, tried to lock her out and whatnot. It's interesting, right? So... She firstly escapes very easily, and then Janeway. So, so it's it's interesting. We we're not able to figure out if where Janeway is truly transparent and where she has like layers, right? So she's like, it looks like I don't think you have. I'm beginning to think you don't have the space flu, right? So she truly mm-hmm. being transparent and saying that I am, as of now, determining that you are not a a a good a good uh, crew yeah, member. Yeah. Um, or, or she's just trying to, you know, um, she already knew, but, but she's just trying to give, give Gwen the benefit of the doubt. And I don't know. I, I still, I, I mentioned in the last episode, she's, um, shaping up to be my, one of my, or my favorite character here. And I think that's still the case because and I'm, I'm not, I'm not good at this. I'm, I'm so far away from even being knowledgeable, knowledgeable about stuff like this, let alone be an expert. But when somebody's in, in, a disturbed environment or a difficult and an oppressed environment, right? The way they react and respond is not necessarily just being like, hey, I'm free now, I'm getting out of it, right? Whether it's relationships yeah, or yeah. parents or whatnot or people who take care of you. Um, so her her first response, if you put yourself put yourself in her shoes, her first order of priorities to, to get free because otherwise she's going to stay stuck there, right? Um, yeah. And... And and maybe she could try to work a relationship with the crew, but they don't really cover that. So, hey, she tries to escape. She tries to escape and m- m- manages to do it really easily. And then um, 
her going back to give the ship to the diviner, her, her, her father, it's almost like, you know, that's where you've been oppressed, but you, what is your, what is, what is the core of your oppression? You are trying to please the only other person you really cared and loved about your entire life, right? Um, mm -hmm. your, your, your parent. So I feel that's kind of natural. That's how, um, you know, people kind of go back to difficult situations and there's a back and forth, back and forth until they mm -hmm. truly break free. So I see, I see a lot of that and I see, mm -hmm. I'm hoping the show is trying to give uh, newcomers and kids uh, a view of that as third, as third, third persons, right. And, and be, and being okay with it and being forgiving. And, and I'm, I'm, I cannot see her continuing to be a perpetual antagonist and being the primary antagonist, you know, mm -hmm. uh, in the future, I feel at some point they have to show her, um, you know, melding with the crew, but it's going to be, um, uh, a rocky road and building that trust and that's reality that's life right that's mm -hmm. how you yeah you make friends with people that sometimes are not just quite like you right yeah, yeah i th i think that that makes a lot of sense and i and I, I i do get that sense that they're um that they're trying to sort of delve into how is life different for each of these kids based on like not have either not having parents or their only relationship with parents is an abusive one, or they just uh, don't know what their origins are. Um, and so I, I, I'm intrigued to see where they they go with Gwyn's character. And I, I suppose, um, like, in context a little bit, she she calls the Diviner right, well, calls Dreadnought, uh, right after she sort of realizes that her there's something that her, like, her dad has been training her to mm -hmm. take command of the protostar and so it's it's possible that she might even just be like maybe there is more to this than uh than i understand and i misjudged my father or something like that mm -hmm. and uh so yeah i i'm i'm curious to see because i i assume it's not just that he wants the protostar because it's his precious and is like just because he's like a crazy evil manipulative person I, I i there's got to be something he has to have some sort of history with this that uh is going to be intriguing uh so i i'm, I'm looking forward to to learning like more about that and in the meantime i i think that gwyn has kind of incredible villain energy and I, i'm i'm excited to see that uh be explored a little bit she's a calm um and and composed villain but I yeah. gotta say again, the way she sort of just escapes so easily, and then the part about her being so well aware and well versed in ship systems that she mm -hmm. just powers up st stuff and resets Janeway. That I I found it shocking, and I um I I never thought of it being like a potential planet illusion or Janeway sort of you know um, mm -hmm. being deceptive. I I took it for what it was. And it, it kind of got me it, because I'd put Janeway on a pedestal here for, I was like, how, how did that breach happen so easily? Like that, that's yeah, just not, yeah. that's just not okay. Um, and I won't, I, maybe there's an underlying story, but I took it as like something that was just too, um, too simple in terms of writing. They should have made it a little like, they should have made it like Janeway flickering or something like that. And a bit mm. of like a five or 10 second system controls uh, battle or something like that. It just happened like in under, under yeah. five seconds. It was so quick. Um, I, I mean, think? some of it, some of it is just sort of the, I feel like the format of the show, like they only have 24 minutes. Yeah, and do, so do. like, I mean, we could have done the whole data, like montage of like, she just moves around some isolinear chips or whatever. And uh, maybe that would have, they would have been able to like, just cut to commercial and then just like come back and it's 15 hours later and she's still <laughs> messing with isolinear chips. But like, I, I, I think I'm okay with this. Cause it also, it gives her, it puts like more power into like, Oh, she, maybe she is like a villain or, or like, what like what is this background that her her dad has with Starfleet that he's able to like he knows how to train his daughter to take this ship over immediately? Um, so do you? Here's a question I was wondering, like I was thinking about this during this episode. 
was I got the feeling, did he know the ship was where the ship was? Like in the first episode, was yeah. he hiding it from people or had, had it somehow mm. been hidden and he was trying to find it himself? I think it's the latter. You think it's the latter? Because I think that was one of the reasons why he was getting people to mine, not just because it it's it's a valuable resource, but to find yeah. it, to find it. So I think it's I, the latter. I, I think he's the captain of the protostar. I, I, I like I, like I, a like a, 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 a dishonorably I, discharged. Uh, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know that I don't know that the, the background or or whatever, but Ooh, I, I feel like he, he's got to have some sort of connection to where he was on the protostar and like so he has like he, intimate knowledge of the ship. Maybe he's Chakotay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't. With the tattoos now, that's even weirder than what I was assuming. Yeah, yeah God, with the tattoos becoming like these, whatever these glowing blue things now. Oh, oh my! Wow. wow. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, my vote was that uh, Janeway has already called uh, Starfleet, and so Captain Chakotay is going to come at the end of the season and uh, uh, blow up the Rev Twelve and save the day. Uh, because it, it it has to either be Captain Chakotay or Captain Riker. That's kind of really the only two choices um, to resolve this season. But um, or Admiral Janeway, come on. Yeah, I mean, we do need to say Admiral amazing. Janeway. That would be that would be cool to have Admiral Janeway and hologram Janeway be <laughs> both on right. the ship, both on the show. Uh, and and I guess really Admiral Janeway probably doesn't look that different from Hologram Janeway still because it's only been I think five years since Voyager came back so it hasn't been the 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 twenty years uh, sort of like in our own um, timeline or whatever but yeah um, so yeah I uh, I don't I don't know I'm I'm in, I'm intrigued with with how this stuff is going and I and I guess I uh, this is this sort of also brings us to um, I think we're we're seeing kind of a a contrasting of the two possible captains of the protostar because we we have like Dal is clearly irresponsible maybe he's going to be like a Kirk type uh person but we're we're cl- I think that we are prepping Gwyn for a similar journey like we Gwyn it starts out as like uh she's like a villain and she's sort of like overly self-reliant uh, and like does like thinks that she can just do this all herself because she probably can, uh, but she gets that moment with Murph, uh, mm. like r- when the when the ship is about to go down, that like also just like breaks my heart a little bit, like seeing seeing poor Murph like uh, trapped between two boxes and like crying out and uh, but uh, I think that we're at the end of this episode we got a bit of humanizing of Gwyn. Uh, at the same time as we had Dal learn a valuable lesson about kind of watching out for other people. And it's, I, I'm interested to see where we take these two characters and whether that, uh, like is, is, is Gwyn going to be like a Michael Burnham type, uh, leader or, um, cause like someone else who's like incredibly competent and, but also maybe a little bit too, like I can take charge of everything myself. Yeah. So Gwyn is knowledgeable. She's calm and composed. Mm-hmm. She's poised. She speaks softly and slowly. Mm-hmm. I I see parallels to um, you know, varieties of Vulcan science officers there, except the yeah. fact that she's deceitful, right? So maybe who knows, uh, Romulan yeah. science officer, right? So if you were to visualize the crew, right, in front she's of more Sila than a, a... <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you were to visualize the crew in front of your eyes in term in, in uniform, maybe at yeah. some point in time. Um, uh, Dal's coming across as, uh, you know, the captain with a Kirk kind of a flavor. Maybe, uh, Gwen is the knowledgeable science officer, first officer, um, in blue. Um, you have Rock Doc, uh, as chief of security. You have, um, uh, Bog as chief engineer. Um, and well, you have, you have zero. So that's interesting think, as well. Yeah, yeah. Zero, I, I think is my vote for a, a, a science, science officer. Science like, officer. It, yeah. Zero has so many fabulous lines and had, had it again in in this episode where, <laughs> uh, the, uh, let's see what, where was it? Um, 
the maze, it's sealing us in. The planet is remarkable. It acts as one super organism, luring and consuming its prey for nutrients. It shows us what we don't or what we want by fabricating our desires into its onto its cilium. It's quite wondrous. Like I, I just I love all of these lines from Zero. Uh and it's it just I feel like this this episode was able to give us like we we captured like that it's like a classic Star Trek plot line where we uh, we go onto the planet and like it's not what it seems and it's trying to like uh, seduce us in one way or an- or another and I thought that uh, uh, Zero has been perfect in like capturing the sort of the Star Trek response to that threat and like how we're supposed to imagine it. Yeah, yeah. So again, maybe maybe uh, Zero Science Officer and and Gwen First Officer, um, but but I see a crew building here. Yeah. And, and, and going back to that whole Murph connect, right? This is where, like, if they hadn't shown that, then maybe she, like, you can look at Gwen potentially becoming a true primary antagonist villain throughout. But yeah. they're, they're yeah. giving you hints again and again, right at the end, that there's some goodness in here. This is a scarred person. Um, and, um, I, again, I, I'll say these are great lessons um, for, yeah. and, for the and, young people watching this show. Well, and, and I, like, maybe... Murph, Murph seems to be around, I mean, partly for the three and a half year olds, but Murph is also there to like, kind of give us that, um, like Murph, when, when the crew is, is falling apart and doesn't know how to get out of a situation, like Murph will stumble into like accidentally being really useful for that. So like, uh, fired the phasers in the, in the first episode, but in, in, in this one, like being, being there to make Gwyn, step outside of herself and like care for somebody else not because they would fit into her plan or anything like that but just because like they were scared she was scared and just like needed needed to be with somebody and i liked how it ended right so well like as and i was intrigued in, in how it ended mm-hmm. that they could have done anything with that ca- with that crash shuttle when the when the ca- when the whatever the cockpit was open they could have shown Gwen um, unconscious and or something yeah. like that, but they showed her with sort of like an afraid, um, apologetic look, emotional yeah. look, hugging Murph, which I thought was powerful, which indicated like some sort of apology. And obviously, that was like you stranded us here. Um, well, no, she was trying to escape. Uh, and, and <laughs> she wanted to. <laughs> yeah, and, and messing up her escape or trying to get her take the ship. Like they ended up stranding stranding you. But yeah. Um, I, I liked how that ended. It was it was intriguing. Wonder what happens next. Yeah, I I think that um, I I'm just I'm very impressed with what they're able to do with just the animation in the in this show. Like there's there's so much that we get that we get across with just like that that simple like yeah she's she's hugging him and like that that we can get such a complex look out of her, uh, which is uh, I don't know I'm I'm just I'm so impressed with with the animation on this episode on this show. Uh, from all aspects um so I, I i agree with you that i think this is a this is a, an interesting direction to take things um I, I i will say i i was not expecting this to just suddenly be a cliffhanger uh i guess uh because it i'm so used to these episodes like resolving themselves but it's just like oh and now the episode's over and it, it didn't even do like a dot 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 to, to be continued it was just like uh now there's credits in front of you <laughs> Yeah, and, and and I I kind of felt like I was actually keeping track of the time as stuff started started like escalating and like heading towards the crescendo, and I was like, okay, that ship is not going anywhere. It's it's falling down. We have just two or three minutes left. This has to be a two parter, and and it ended up being one. So, um, I also had that sense maybe more than five minutes um left when there were more than five minutes left that it could rapidly resolve itself and then i started feeling okay if this somehow rapidly resolves itself it'll look a little shallow so i think this was a much more logical closure um where they are now stranded yeah um i i guess uh maybe i i think we've sort of talked through our um our our plot lines here a little bit but i there, there is one thing that I'm, I'm a little bit curious as we're thinking about the, the future. So we've, we've rewritten hologram Janeway. Do, do we think like it is, are, are her memories gone or is this, is this a different Janeway? 
I, I like how how do we think that this is changing the landscape uh, of the crew going forward? I don't know. That's a good question. I haven't even thought of that. Um, I guess there's two options, right? Uh, there's some way they get her original memories back, or they have to work with the reprogrammed Janeway, or you know, they put Gwen back in the brig, but Gwen now has a has this connect to Janeway. There's like a subroutine somewhere that she can yeah. spin up, and Janeway is hers. Which, yeah, it's, I mean, it's maybe, a little too complicated. Means- Maybe Gwyn is just captain now, and so we'll we'll get that reverse. Okay, we saw uh, Dal as captain for two episodes. Now we'll get to see Gwyn as captain for two episodes. But um, it depends on how they escape. I think it, it's all tied yeah. to the escape, and I think Janeway has to has to help in the escape. And and um, it's a good question. I think it, we will find out at the end of the um, next episode on the uh, disposition of uh, hologram Janeway. Is she truly written? Is she partially back she had like a hidden subroutine or two no yeah um uh and then i i i maybe one one more thing is uh it is is murph really smarter than than he looks what what do people think yeah i can't decide because we've had it brought up twice right doesn't yeah, rock yeah. talk say something like like mate he's just so advanced that that we can't understand <laughs> what he's saying or something. And then you have uh, Gwen making the same reflection um, when they're looking at each other from across yeah. the force field in the brig. So I don't know. Or if they're just like, I mean, it, Murph's just going to be the one that eats the chair every, every episode. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was at least like a very good villainous line to deliver. <laughs> and so I, I love how it's just immediately defeated. De- defeated by Murph just like kind of awkwardly burping and then chasing a, <laughs> a robot. Hey Dietrich, um, do you think Murph is really smart? Yeah. Dietrich thinks go. Murph is really smart, so <laughs> Okay. The, the, there you have it, people. Uh, Murph Murph is really smart. Um yeah, uh, does anyone have anything else to to bring up in this about this episode before we go into our strange new ratings? Uh, just to call out that uh, in our pre-break play to uh, the to Paramount and the creators of all the new Trek, where we were saying do not um, overlap too much. <laughs> Apparently, they are not overlapping too much, which is good. Um, with the hiatuses between the first five episodes and then Discovery season four, then the next five, and then Picard season um, two, and then um, the remaining. Um, 10, right? 10 episodes all the way to 20 for Prodigy. And we'll kind of put Strange New Worlds in there somewhere as well. So we'll yeah, see how I, it works I wonder out. if they're going to like keep on breaking it up. So it's just kind of a, you only ever get five episodes of Prodigy at once, which makes sense. I mean, may, may, maybe that's a good way to keep us like always wanting more, but never getting tired of it. Um, well, and I think originally it was supposed to be on Nickelodeon, not on Paramount Plus first, but they're kind of putting it on Paramount Plus first as a, I feel yeah. like as a bonus for those of us who have Paramount Plus. And so they're kind of, you know, interjecting it maybe in yeah. between things. Yeah. Just to that's, keep that's some a good point. new Star Which Trek I, at all times. I don't know. I'm, perhaps. I'm so impressed. I'm so impressed with this show. I was, I was expecting this to be like a, I'll watch it. I mean, I'll watch anything that they give me, but like that. I think this is my favorite series now. <laughs> it's so weird to think that. Um, uh, I, I, the one thing that I'll, I'll point out is uh, we do get confirmation that Zero has legs. Zero's legs deploy out of their body uh, sometimes. So uh, th- I think it's like when we first get into the uh, onto the surface of the planet, you see uh, Zero's legs kind of like reach out uh, from the body. Mm-hmm. So... I was glad that I at least had it explained why randomly there are legs or not legs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I I think with that, we're going to uh, go ahead and go into strange new ratings. So uh, does anyone have any ratings for us this week? Hey, everybody. Notch here in post-production, in my post-production editing suite. And I'm going to drop in a rating from Emily's son, Dietrich, right here. And then after Dietrich's done, we'll get back to everybody else on the show and what they thought of this episode. So, uh, Dietrich, what did you think of the episode? What did you think of the episode, Dietrich? It was good. It was good? I'm to take it to a nine. 
Oh, a nine. Uh, Incredible. Wow, that's pretty good. Adam, how much did you give it? Sorry, I forgot. Was it eight or a nine? It was an eight. Uh, it was an eight. Okay, so yeah, I think we all gave it an, an eight. Well, Emily gave it a yeah. four. But... Oh. Yep. He eight. really liked the beginning. This one, it was the first half that he really liked because mm -hmm. it wasn't scary. He thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah, we were learning a lot about Star Starfleet and uh, he yeah. started to get nervous when he saw that Dahl's parents were there or Dahl's parents. That's when he started to get nervous because he knew something wasn't right. I mean, I started getting like, nervous then too. I was no something wasn't right. Yep. I can start. Um, I'll go ahead with. Um, I'll give it. I'll give it an eight. I was thinking of giving it a seven point five because of the, um, the security breaches that are so like <laughs> so huge and uh, a little shocking. They did shocking. not design the ship well for security. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but um, in in terms of how it's setting itself up for the second part and. In keeping us intrigued about um, Gwen's um, uh, direction and moralities, and torn between, um, you know, doing doing right by her father and doing right by the crew, uh, I think it's all it's all well set up. Um, so that's eight, um, eight flubby rock dog cuddlies out of ten. <laughs> I was going to give it a similar score. Um, hopefully this is coming through. I think my internet might be a little sketchy. Um, but uh, I'm going to give it a four out of five. Um, you know, I just, as long as they keep giving me sweet rock talk moments, you know, I'm happy. And I don't know that this can ever be below that because of the theme song or the opening yeah. credits. They're just so, it's so awesome. Good. It's even so even when I watch the episode like two or three times in a week so in prep preparation for this, I watch that theme every single time. I know it's, it's, it's so, so good. good. I will never fast forward. <laughs> so like occasionally I'll find myself like, I kind of want to watch the opening credits again, <laughs> just like during <laughs> so the day. Good. <laughs> um, I I think I'm gonna I, yeah I'll I'll just give the, exactly the same score that everybody else is. Like this is an eight. <laughs> I think I'm I'm coming down a little bit from my high. Like I'm now getting into this this space where I'm expecting this show to be very good. Uh, so I don't. Uh, I might have been giving a little bit of inflation on on some pre previous scores, but like this show is solid, and I can like I feel like I can rate it. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like with Star Trek, I I. I have kind of my Star Trek blinders that I put on when I'm rating something or like, or, or talking about how much I, I like it. Cause I'm also just like fr half frustrated and, and mad about like how, where things are going. But like this show is just good. And I think I could kind of recommend it to people who aren't familiar with Star Trek. I don't have to be like, it's good, but it's good because I have seen 800 hours of Star Trek. <laughs> and and that's that's why it it it's like satisfying to me. I I think that this show is just genuinely good, and um I'm, yeah I I just I'm excited to see see where we go next, and I think that um it was really satisfying that like this was just kind of a, it was a classic Star Trek episode had had a very sort of familiar um hook for us and, it it was. I don't know. I was just, I was delighted the whole time and it, and it wasn't, um, it didn't feel forced. Yeah. It's, it's surprising. I, I know you mentioned that this, this is somehow turning to be your favorite track for now, for me, at least in the last, um, decade or two, I feel that between lower decks and this, they're actually, <laughs> they're actually quite interesting. Now lower decks is, um, is much more, um, like, you know, mature humor and, and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. And you need to understand um, Trek to, to appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I've, I've recommended this show already to uh, friends who have kids um, in, in the suitable age groups and they're yeah. um, starting to watch it. So yeah, the, the first Star Trek show you watch should be Prodigy. The last Star Trek show you watch should be Lower Decks. Uh, <laughs> there so, you go. So yeah, I, uh, I, with that, uh, this is the. I think this is the end of the episode. So, 
Uh, thanks, Emily and Rudy, for uh, just chatting with me about this episode and, and for the past uh, uh, three weeks for uh, this as I'm like debuting my hostingness. That's it's been yeah, fun. Yeah, thank you, Adam. <laughs> thanks, Adam. It has been fun. Uh, thank you, Notch, for uh, being the foundation upon which we are all uh, built here or whatever. That's it. Uh, and I, I want to also thank our missing co-hosts, Max, Dinah, and Bill, wherever y'all are, whatever y'all are doing. I hope it's a great time. Uh, and thank you, listeners. I, I think that it's it's just, I don't know, it's, it's, it's great getting to have more people here to just, like, be here and, like, feel excited about star trek and like chat a little bit every week and uh i'm just grateful for you all listening out there uh i want to also thank jishnu guha for a theme music uh it's just love it every single time so i i'm just i'm so thrilled that we uh were able to to get get that theme from you it's another piece of music i don't fast forward through yeah mm. absolutely great uh and Thanks to Hologram Janeway for giving guns to a bunch of children. Without them, we wouldn't have been able to defend themselves from the weird planet that was trying to consume them. Wow. <laughs> okay. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.